Hello and welcome back to another episode of Fully Booked, the Hidden Gems author podcast in which Craig Touch and myself, Roland Hume, chat some of the leading lights and interesting figures in this crazy industry we're in of writing and self-publishing. And today we are actually extending a little beyond writing. We are talking about a tool which our guest believes every writer should have, and that is a podcast. I am very, very happy to welcome Freddie Cruz from Speak Podcasting to Fully Booked. How are you doing today, Freddie? Fantastic. I can neither confirm nor deny that I'm a leading light, though, <laughs> as uh, indicated in your intro. But thank you so much for the invite, gentlemen. Oh, we are delighted to have you. And of course, we wouldn't be here without the man himself, Craig Touch, the owner and founder of Hidden Gems. How are you doing today, Craig? Doing great, Roland. Thanks for joining us, Freddie. Um, yeah, you you have a, a podcast agency, which uh, you know we'll talk about as well. But um, you know, when when you and I were talking, you were saying that your belief is that every writer should have a podcast. Uh, I think that it is, you know, a, a tool that that could be in a writer's toolbox. But uh, I'm not totally convinced every writer needs one. Uh, we're going to have a lot of podcasts if that's the case. But listen, I'm well. I'm welcoming you to make your case. And, uh, you know, we can at least give uh, writers an idea of what a podcast can do for them, why they might consider starting one. Um, and, you know, for somebody who runs an agency uh, who does, you know, from the ground up sort of podcasts, uh, ho- or, well, not necessarily hosting, but, but setting up and you know, scheduling and all that stuff, uh, you know, you're the one to talk to about that. So why don't you uh, tell us a bit about yourself and how you got started with all this and, and we'll go from there. Absolutely. I am a former, I won't say retired, but I am a former radio broadcaster and uh, I sort of fired the corporate media overlords at the end of 2021. And after about six months of job hunting, 400 applications, over 55 rejections and a handful of interviews that went awry, I decided, well, I'm 1000% unhirable, but who's the one person that can hire himself? Me. So I hired myself and launched my own media company, and uh, it's been a whirlwind. It's uh, entrepreneurship, as I'm sure both of you can uh, can can uh, validate, is uh, an entire roller coaster of emotions. The ups, the downs. One day it's the best day in the whole wide world. Two days in a row it's the worst day ever, and you're questioning all of your life choices. So uh, that's pretty much what's led me to 2023 is radio. But I also took a foray into writing fiction in 2019 because I was challenged by my daughters. And so I wrote a uh, a book that neither one of them are interested in, but they said that I should write a book. And so um, who am I to back down from a challenge from two small kids? Uh, so I decided to write a book. I knew the novelty of them challenging me to write would eventually wear off, which it did because they were teenagers and they still are. Uh, so I wrote a, a a sort of dystopian kind of political thriller, and I uh, got hooked on writing. I've written three books uh, total since 2019. It's fun. Um, and so, yeah, I, I do a, a little bit of everything. And then, uh, I mean, listen, I agree about everything you said in terms of uh, entrepreneurship and stuff. Um, and that is true. You know, once, uh, if nobody else can hire you, start a business. Uh, but no, uh, so how did that lead you to wanting to like start your own podcasting, uh, you know, 
company as opposed to just, you know, doing your writing and, and doing your own kind of podcast? Why, why you know, go the route of, of starting a whole, that whole media company? What, you know, what made you decide to do that in terms of everything you could have done as, a, as an entrepreneur? One of those interviews that did not go right I actually was willing to work for a third of what I was making in my previous radio world. And I was actually doing rather well. They took very good care of me. Um, And it it just, unfortunately, uh, accountants happen. And so, um, you know, I went out on my own accord and was like, this isn't for me. I'm getting out while it's still fun. So I tried to apply for a job that was Uh, that paid significantly lower. And upon doing the research of this company that I tried to get a job with, it was guest booking. And uh, I didn't get the job. And I got really angry because I was overqualified. It was for uh, guest booking. and, And I'm like, look, I've booked hundreds of interviews in my previous life. You mean to tell me I can't get a job for a third of the pay? Screw this. It was actually a different word. Uh, screw <laughs> this. Uh, I, I'm going to show everybody <laughs> that I can that I can run my own business. And so um, it, it, it's a slog. Uh, Tony Robbins says that we often overestimate what we can do in a year and underestimate what we can do in five. And so I'm counting on him uh, being right on the five-year trajectory he was absolutely right about the one-year trajectory it's yeah, a slot he definitely is that is true <laughs> yeah <laughs> well listen it seems like it's the right uh you know path for you from radio broadcasting in this new you know internet not new anymore but you know in an internet enabled world uh, i guess less people are listening to the radio more people are listening to podcasts and and that sort of stuff so it, you know it's to me it's just not necessarily a downward move but it, it, at least you know lateral if not up so uh you know good on you for for doing that so i started in the radio business myself and i like i'm constantly amazed how i have a bigger reach than the radio station I used to sell advertising for. Yes. Yeah. And it's kind of crazy. Yeah. And and I'm curious how, how it goes in the UK and elsewhere in Europe, Roland, because here in the United States, I mean, we're talking about radio stations airing anywhere between six and eight minutes worth of ads twice an hour in most hours. And within those, Let's just say, let's go meet in the middle. Let's say seven minutes in a seven-minute spot block. It's not seven 60-second ads. It could be three three minutes. It could be three 60-second ads. And then the, the remaining four minutes could be any combination of 30 seconds and then 15-second ads. And so the radio listener doesn't hear. All they hear is the the, the amount of units. So it could be 25 ads over the span of seven minutes and that is bananas and the radio model and i'm not trying to poo poo on my former industry i'm just saying that the model is broken and people that are still in that world i feel for them i pray for them i wish them nothing but the best at least the ones who i um, have a deep admiration for um but i mean it's like they've Management, upper management, the co- the corporate overlords really got to get their acts together if they expect to have any or maintain any of what remaining listeners they have. 
Absolutely. I, I moved yeah. off to Sirius Radio, which has no ads, but now podcasts seem to be something that uh, even uh, satellite radio can't compete with because it's uh, bespoke. You can just choose what you want to listen to at any particular time, whatever mood you're feeling. Yeah. Yeah. And the really cool thing about podcasting is that there's a stat and I, I apologize for not remembering it, but there's a certain percentage. It's a rather high percentage of people are willing to sit through ads on a podcast and not one. And then two, they're more likely to purchase an ad from somebody from the host that is endorsing that product, which is sort of parallel to a, a radio host like back in my world. Uh, where I would endorse a local Volkswagen or Subaru dealership or a wireless phone carrier, where I would endorse them. And it was sort of that kind of thing where it's a 30 or 60 second read. You get paid by the client. And so I love the cat. Oh, my gosh. Oh. We got a debut from the cat. Oh, that's so cool. Um, he didn't He didn't mean yeah. to interrupt you. <laughs> no, I love animals. I can, in fact, I can talk about animals all day. Um, but no, it's... It, it's um. That's the beauty of podcasting is that it's very listener centric and listeners intuitively know that they're not going to hear. They're not going to be force fed what terrestrial radio force feeds them. And then uh, under the guise of public service or monetization, they're not going to be force fed 25 minutes worth of ads over a seven minute spot block. And you've got a screaming lawyer uh, talking about how if you get hit by an 18-wheeler, he's going to milk that 18-wheeler driver for all he's worth, followed by somebody screaming at you to buy their used car, followed by somebody asking whether or not you want to go and, I don't know, get tested for an STD. And then the client gets pissed off because, well, the ROI didn't quite work out. And it's like, well, we're thinking that's a good thing because few people are going in to get tested for STDs, which means, I don't know, fewer people are really concerned about that. So there you go. I'm off the soapbox. Well, <laughs> well I mean, listen, that's if people even listen to the ads. If I'm in my car and ads come on, I just switch to another station, you know? So yeah, I don't know how effective they really are anyway. I think the other interesting thing about that is, though, just as you said, the, the, uh, the host reading something tends to have a higher number of people actually engage with that. When you're doing a podcast, you can do it by yourself. I mean, I know from personal experience, there are a couple of products that I have an affiliate code for. The products, I really, really believe in them. And then I make uh, every few every few months like over $1,000 from people buying that product because I endorsed it. And it's it's interesting. That means there is a route for a podcaster to be commercially viable as a podcaster um just doing something different to how radio does it i mean yeah finding those products that you really believe in and and endorsing them for your for your re listeners and then yeah you, you're actually making real money and i will tell you this is part this is the petty part of why i believe in podcasting for everybody so much authors included is that well the institutions don't want you to know that they don't want future rolling. They don't want, I don't know how long you've been monetizing your show, but let's say it was five years ago. You just learned about it, right? Well, they don't want rolling from six years ago, knowing that you can build an audience because they'd be satisfied with you not even having a podcast. And I know this 
I know this from firsthand experience. They do not want the everyday person to launch a podcast. And I say, you know what? Stay mad. Stay mad. Because the future is decentralized and people nowadays, once we finally, I say we collectively speaking, once we realize that the true power that we hold, that we can communicate with the people that we want to communicate with and we can build our own communities, we don't need the overlords anymore. And I promise I'm not bitter. Uh, yes, <laughs> I, just believe, I believe in the medium. You made my heart my heart beat a little a little harder listening to that wonderful speech. <laughs> All right, you. well, so let's let's go into that then. So, why would a would a, a any author, let's say, need a podcast? What what will it do for them? Other than you know you know we touched on the idea that at some point they'd be able to endorse products if uh, you know to their readers if or to their listeners uh, if you know once they built up an audience that. Uh, that trust them and, and, and believe, you know, that what they're, you know, that they're not just there to try to sell them stuff. Uh, so what, what would an author get from a podcast other than that? And, and what would a normal author want to say in this podcast? What, you know, what's, what sort of topics are they just talking about their books or what are they doing? Yeah, I think the answer is really threefold, Craig. I think that let's just say, for instance, um, we're let's say we're talking about me, Freddie, and I am a, a wannabe author, and I've launched my first book, uh, When America Fell Silent, and so I'm going to launch a show that is going to be centered around authors who write political thrillers and mysteries, and so I can have on, let's just say, for argument's sakes. Roland and Craig are are thriller writers and I can have guys like you on my show and we can talk about the craft of writing thrillers or one uh, two we can have a podcast where it's just Freddie them um, talking about his author journey like hey I wrote chapter one and it sucked can I say donkey balls I guess I just did and it sucked really bad and um Chapter two, I know that it's going to get better. And then um, you can go on and make another episode. Or you can turn your book into an actual podcast. And that is something where that really, it really intrigues me. Because I know there are fiction podcasts out there. And I feel like, and as someone who's in this world, I don't see very many of them. I feel like there could be more. In fact, I'm doubling down on the art of podcasting as a, a viable medium for reaching an audience. I'm doubling down. My latest book is Allow Me to Ruin Your Christmas. And I'm going to have a buddy who does uh, voice narration for audiobooks. I'm going to have a buddy read it. And so I'm publishing that book. As a podcast, I haven't decided if I want to monetize it, like have it subscription based or if I'm just going to throw it up and leave it up there for free and just kind of uh, drip it for the month of, of November until Christmas, uh, until the beginning of December. So then everybody can listen to it for free. And if they want, they could just buy the actual book. And that's how I'm that's kind of sort of how I monetize it. I haven't decided I haven't gotten that far. I just know that it's going to be a podcast. Is it going to be paid subscription or is it going to be free? Might do that. I don't know, but those are the ways that an author could benefit from having a podcast. And really, if somebody likes to, let's say, Craig, you have a sizable following on social media. Well, that audience doesn't belong to you. It, it, it belongs to Zucks. 
It belongs to, if you're on X, formerly Twitter, it belongs to Elon. Those audience, the audiences, that's rented space. But much like with an email list, a podcast belongs to you. That's it. It's so all you really need is the, of course, social media does help. It's a huge help. At the end of the day, though, it's rented. It's, it's rented. It's, it's an Airbnb. But with your email list, that's your home. And then a podcast could be your vacation home. You could even divide your show up into seasons uh, or you could just start up her book or whatever. I mean, the possibilities really are endless. The audience is yours, the, just like with the subscriber list. And then what you could do is you can drip uh, content. We call it the content avalanche at, speaks, at Speakeasy. Oh, at Speakeasy, at Speak Podcasting. You know where my mind is. It's Friday. Uh, so... Yeah, it's the the content avalanche. So you got the podcast. You can use um, certain parts for a newsletter, certain parts for an Instagram video, or maybe TikTok, or maybe Facebook. Facebook Reels are huge. So if you have a nice chunk of audio that you can get down in, into less than 60 seconds, you can make a, a reel. And so really, it just fires me up. I think that every author can. And uh, maybe not should, but I think every author can have a podcast. And when I say not everybody should, um, well, it's like if you expect to be Rogan, then podcasting is not for you. Maybe you shouldn't. Maybe you should pursue something else. But if you like the idea of, of truly owning your personal brand and really trying to grow and trying something new and you're in this for the long game, then I think podcasting is absolutely for you. I think you could say exactly. I think that it's a proven model because those of us who are successful self-published authors did the same thing. Uh, yeah. And it's there's a guy, Nick Stevenson, who always says, as a self-published author, you need 10,000 readers. If you can have 10,000 readers, which is a drop in the ocean compared to the millions of people who read books, you can have a six-figure career as a self-published author. And it seems like podcasting, the more you talk about it, the more it seems like a natural choice. Because if you are gaining an audience of podcasting, you don't even need to worry about like shilling a product because you have the product, which is your books. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you you are the product and your fans are going to be clamoring for more, for more, for more. It's like, well, golly, all I see are are two Instagram posts a week from from Craig and Roland. I mean, what if I want to hear... What if I want to hear these guys talk for an hour or uh, two hours for two episodes a week or whatnot? And then the, the idea behind having an interview format show where Freddie is talking to Roland or Craig is talking to Roland or or whatever combination is that um, you grow your audience by being on another podcast host's show. So you're reaching a new audience and people will be like, you know what? I like this Roland guy and his book sounds amazing. So I'm going to go and buy a book and then they go and buy Roland's book. They're like, wow, I really trust Craig's judgment on that. He, that he, that Roland guy he brought on, he's badass. I, I bought the first book I bought. Well, oh, damn, he's got a whole series. I'm going to go and buy the whole thing. And then you never know how many people are going to think just like that. And then it's like, a, I mean, it's, it's off to the races after that. Yeah, that's. Yeah, you know, so 
I mean, there's a few ideas there, right? And if you're an author and you're, you know, okay, so you're talking about your journey as a as a writer, oh, you know, is having problems with this or having problems with that, For, and, and then the idea of, you know, um, turning it into uh, episodes, and I guess you mean like sort of reading it, uh, almost like an audio book cut into chunks, mm-hmm. almost like uh, Amazon Vela, but with audio, you know, um, you know, so those are those are good ideas, but but how does the author sort of grow their audience beyond, you know, who they already have, right? So, you know, when they say launch that, they're going to put that out there in the world to their readers, their mailing list or whatever. And those those are the readers that are already, you know, connected to them in some way. They're already fans, they're already, you know, customers. Um, so they might be interested in that journey or they might be interested in listening to the book um, as an audio book. But, you know, if, if you're really going to have this provide value, you would be wanting to grow your audience beyond who you already had. So how would authors do that? By going on other people's shows and just like, just like with the example, um, someone, someone likes, someone likes Roland and they're like, this guy sounds legit. I want to go and buy all of his books. Someone likes Craig. That guy's legit. I'm going to go and buy Craig's books. And then word of mouth. It's it's really long game is what it is. Or if you're talking about someone that's maybe hosting a solo show, um, what you could do is you, you, you can make the podcast to where because you are the brand and it's centered around your author journey. And so at the beginning and at the end, or maybe even in the middle somewhere, you could uh, have some sort of freebie. And maybe it's not a free copy for the first 25 people who do a, an Apple podcast review. Or maybe it's like, hey, can you show me a screenshot of your review? And I'm going to take all of the entries from my Instagram stories and I'm going to pull a winner on uh, at the time of this recording, it's what, August 18th. At the um, at the end of September, I'm going to pull a winner. So uh, it could be something as easy as that. You could you could totally gamify something like this without sounding smarmy and salesy. And I know that's something that that we authors kind of cringe at because it's like we're we're writing for the art of it, you know. And so we don't want to be that smarmy salesperson uh, that's like, hey, buy my book because it's really awesome and stuff. Uh, you can really build the product into what you're doing without having a sound that way at all. And of course, something like this really does help if you are extroverted. If you're introverted, it's going to be a learned skill. It's going to be a long journey. And then people are going to kind of sort of, you sort of feel that energy when it's not second nature for you. Uh, the three of us can go come on a mic and, and talk shop and talk about books and podcasting. And it's easy for us. And I get it. I totally get it. Not every author is is going to be up for that challenge, and that's cool. Um, maybe hosting a show isn't for you, but you can still try and get guest spots, just like you would try and get a guest blog spot or try and do some sort of email news drop or something. That's really, really interesting. Yeah, I'm good every now and then. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> I found I found a lot of the stuff you've been saying like kind of mind expanding in terms of like oh there are all these opportunities that are open to you that for some reason we like close ourselves off to or don't even consider. It's a little bit of the radio 
bug coming out of me. And like I said, I had it really good, man. I was lucky. I was great friends with my boss to the point where uh, her her husband and I would send private text messages to each other and kind of joke around about things. And so, I mean, I, I was quite fortunate. And, um, you know, when I say I'm not bitter, I promise I'm really not. I was I know where the butter was bred. And so I think that's the the cliche, but uh, I, I know where I come from and I can't escape it. I embrace it. And so a lot of a lot of these um, concepts and some of the stuff that I've been talking about with you guys uh, comes from that world uh, where I did a lot of promo contest writing and we did a lot of uh, gamifying with listeners, trying to trying to build our, our audience and such. It, it's it's far different the radio world far d- different in 2023 than it than it was when i got in in uh, in the mid 90s i know i don't look a day over 21 but still it's uh way different but i mean at the end of the day people love games we love you know going to the next level beating the monster slaying the dragon getting to the next level uh winning the game doing the thing we love the journey that's it's always another mountain to climb kind of thing. That's the the dream. That's yeah. why I moved to America. There we go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah I think you know a lot of writers are going to the mental block. I think for them is you come from this writing world, self publishing writing world, where you know the um, the way that you typically advertise your books is the standard. You know the ads and getting yourselves in the newsletters and whatever. Um, so you know they're not uh, not everyone is sort of in that mindset of, of all these different ideas of how to, to get your podcast known on gamifying. I mean, these are, these are new things to me. I, you know, I never thought about those things either. Um, you know, it's, and, and unless everybody has a podcast, if you don't know the people that have them, you don't know where to go to get on other people's podcasts. So I think it's, it's a, it's a, probably a you know it's a new sort of learning curve for authors as opposed to you know coming from just writing books and advertising their books that might be a challenge absolutely and and the the great thing the great thing about this for any author who is hearing our our discussion and is like you're right i i have no idea where to look there's this fantastic place it's called google and you can just look up the top 100 podcasts for writers. And it's mind-blowing because I've actually got this. Uh, I've got a subscription to this website. I do guest booking services. I've got a subscription to this website called Rephonic. It's R-E-P-H-O-N-I-C. So phonic, like hooked on phonics. So rephonic.com. I don't know that they still have the free trial if it's worth going just to see if they give you the free seven day trial, it's like Google, but for podcasts and it gives you, I'm lighting up because this, I mean, it's, your mind is going to be your, your head. It's going to break your head. I promise. So what's going to happen is you do a search, um, for, let's just say I've been using the thriller author. Let's say romance, do a search for romance writing podcasts and you can search by topic by podcast title so let's make up a a podcast name uh the romance podcast lame i know but it's the first thing to come to mind you can look up oh i heard there was a romance podcast let's do a search oh the romance podcast has five thousand listeners every month 
I think that's uh, pretty suitable for my, I don't know, let's make up another example, for my 10,000 uh, follower cumul cumulative audience on social media and send a pitch. And you've got contact info. You've got every single social media you, like following broken down. How, how many years uh, they've been podcasting, when their last episode was. And again, it's got their website and their email address. So you can boom, click. And then here's the really cool part. I don't know if this comes with the, uh, and I promise, they don't pay me to say this, all right? I'm paying them quite well. Um, but they have this thing where you can have an AI, you can have AI generated pitch email. <laughs> it's crazy. Everything's yeah. AI generated now. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm AI generated. How do you know I'm not human, Greg? <laughs> Uh, well, I can see you there. <laughs> Listening might be a harder problem. Uh, yeah, I was just looking at the site. Uh, so they do still have the seven-day free trial. So you know, that is definitely yeah. something to uh, to check out. I wonder if we're even on there. Um, but uh, yeah, th I mean, so that's a that's a great resource. And you know, uh, if for authors that I, look, there's there's a lot more of a technical learning curve to doing a podcast than there is to just writing, right? With write, writing, you can just open up your word processor, which most of us are familiar with already, and just start writing and then upload it to KDP. You can you can hire somebody to do your cover or you can do a one if you know in in paint if you want to. But you know, and you could be up and running the day after. With with podcasts though, you know, we can attest to the fact that there's more to it. Um, and not everyone is is going to have those skills or want to learn those skills, um, so that's probably one of the challenges. Um, but but as you can attest, uh, it, you don't have to do it all yourself, right? That's that's sort of uh, you know there are companies that do that, and I think yours is probably one of them, right? Where you would do a lot of the stuff for the authors. Yeah, absolutely. Of course, there there are production companies that somebody can hire. Um, they're they're also uh, you could if if somebody, let's just say somebody is just getting started. Um, I tell you what, let's give an example of somebody who, um, Roland, you were talking about the ten thousand book kind of you know that 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 standard. Like you're you're officially you can make it if you sell ten thousand books. So let's say somebody sells ten thousand books for the first time. And they're like, all right, I want to get to 50,000. I want to get to 100,000, but I need a different, I, I need something new and different because whatever ad campaign or whatever ad program isn't going to get me there. I need to do it. I want to try something different. I know I've heard that podcasting might be a, a, a good fit. So what am I going to do? Well, you could hire a, comp a production company. Or you could, again, learn how to do this on your own. Probably, unless you're really fascinated with the audio production world, most likely going to be intimidated or just uninterested. It is kind of boring for people who are not into it. I could put you to sleep talking about EQ and limiting and compression, uh, Pro Tools, Yawn. Um, I love it. I'm in the world. Um, but that's not ever, that's not for everybody. So what you could do is you can find somebody on Fiverr. Um, there are production people who, um, who are across the world. I mean, let's, let's face it. Um, what, what a hundred dollars could get us or what a thousand dollars could get us. Well, that same price point is like six months of living 
for somebody across the world who can do it in no time, probably better than somebody who is up north in whatever Michigan, no offense to Michiganders, uh, who is up up north living in mom's basement trying to learn how to use audacity. Uh, so you can there there is help out there um, at a and you can purchase this help or you can hire somebody to do the editing. You can get a VA, a virtual assistant who is here in the United States if, if you want to uh, shop American. That's cool. I'm wearing Ben Franklin on my shirt. I believe in America. You can hire American. You can hire outside across the world. You could, Or if you don't want to deal with somebody, you can use artificial intelligence. Or this is even better. You can go stripped down completely naked. You can script your podcasts. Uh, you can script your podcasts. You don't have to use a show, a produced show open or anything. You can just read uh, something like, this is the Craig podcast, and I'm Greg Touch. This is a podcast about writing for awesome writers and awesome editors. And episode one, we're going to talk to Freddie and how much his new book absolutely sucks. And here's why. And so you can do it like that. At the end of the day, there's always a way. And that's pretty much how we do it. <laughs> that's right. You know, we're we're stripped down bare bones over here, too. Um, yeah. So what is it that your company does, though? Yeah, it, it's it's soup to nuts. It's everything from ideation to execution. Um, so let's say somebody has an idea uh, for a show about books. And I would say, OK, here are 10 ideas for a name. Um, let's say this person has a budget and they, you know, we're not going to talk money here, but let's just say they do, do have a budget. And so this is what I can do. We can go from ideation to execution. I can, as one, one prospect of mine said, how do you get in a podcast into this? And for people not watching the video, I'm holding up my smartphone. How do you get the podcast into this? And I'm like, that's what I do, baby. They're, they're online hosting sites. So yeah, I help people. Uh, understand how exactly to get their their show into this right here and so uh i try basically take i'm like the janitor and i hate to 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 put it that way but i'm like the janitor who's doing all the things that a podcaster doesn't want to do i clean house i clean i clean the workspace uh that way a podcaster all they have to worry about is showing up and rocking the mic um they want help uh, procuring guests. Um, I can do that. They want to be a guest on other shows. I can do that too. Um, scouting, researching emails, uh, production, um, getting license free music. Um, I mean, it's just, it's whatever someone needs is, is I'm there. And I've been dabbling around with mid journey, which is like chat GPT, but for static images. And I've been building sample podcast cover art pieces. And, um, I'm just, I'm obsessed with every single thing about podcasting with the exception, with the exception of people who podcast and aren't serious about it. So you do everything, <laughs> everything, or just whatever somebody needs. That's, I mean, that sounds like the, the best kind of business model. 
Yeah, but solely focused on podcasting. Right. Um, you know, it's it's just it's it's like podcasting is the centerpiece, and it's like if you want that, if that's what you want, we do that. But don't ask me to try and get you a TV spot. And I know I know right. TV people, and I love them. <laughs> right. So it's all centered around that one thing. Right. What I mean is, uh, you know, if somebody has nowhere, no idea of what to do, they can come to you and you could get them going completely. Or if somebody's like, mm -hmm. I can do most of it, but I just can't do all of it, then you can help them with the pieces that they can't do around podcasting. Help, yeah. Help them clean house, help them take care of business. And do you help them? Because I know that, you know, you had mentioned, uh, you know, not, not during this podcast, but separately, you'd uh, mentioned that you had a couple of your of your clients uh, get into the top 30 of their uh, respective podcast categories. So are you helping people um, sort of expand their reach as well? That's another thing you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I've been quite fortunate. Um, my first two podcast production clients did break into the top 30. One of them got inside the top 10. In fact, it was number eight within Apple nonprofits. Um, Apple Podcasts under the nonprofit category, uh, which which is huge, and they absolutely deserve it. This client is actually a breast cancer facility that provides screening for un, un, uninsured and underinsured women, and so uh, yeah, it's um, it's something uh, when you're able to score a client that is serious about the craft of podcasting, and that sort of gives you the keys to the building and is like. Okay, let's do this because we've been wanting to do this. Where were you? In fact, this this particular client, when I had gone to her, and I've known I've known her for years. She's the co-founder. The organization is the Rose. And when I had, um, it was a couple of months after I had launched my business under a different name, and um, and I asked if she wanted to meet up because I'm like, I don't even know what I'm doing. I'm just going to start DMing people, and so I messaged her and was like let's meet i have something i want to ask you and so she invited me to her office and i worked up a nice little proposal on canva and used some images with their logo and and her response was freddie where have you been we've been wanting to do this since 2018 <laughs> and it was 2022 and i'm like oh my god you just totally set the high bar i wish i'd have i wish i would have gotten like 10 rejections before presenting to you because now i've got unrealistic expectations of what i can do <laughs> yeah it's all downhill from here yeah i mean quite literally <laughs> yeah i, I mean so like, it's, it's like hitting it's like hitting a home run at your first at bat and then striking out 30 straight times <laughs> but, that's but that's not your that wasn't your only one you said you had at least two that that made it yeah up. yeah 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 <laughs> but <laughs> so still <that's> <laughs> but yeah i mean so that's that's sort of everyone's dream but obviously like you said we're not all doing this to become joe rogan and we're not and none of us pretty much are going to get there but um but you don't need to be right especially for authors if you know that's not necessarily you have to be realistic right with with a podcast yeah. like joe rogan's the reach is a lot the potential reach is a lot lot more than for a writer who's talking about their book or their, or their genres or their writing journey just like you know i'm realistic about this podcast like it's not it doesn't have the potential reach of everybody it has a potential reach of authors it's an author focused 
podcasts. So if you're not an author, it's not the podcast for you. And so you have to limit your expectations when it comes to, you know, how big your podcast is going to be based on, you know, how big the potential audience is. Joe yeah, Rogan absolutely. had the advantage of having a huge audience, which he brought to his podcast, whereas most podcasters start off with nothing. Right. And, but he talks about such a wide range of things, right? So it can, it, you know, it can really appeal to everyone. Like and I'm stuff. and I'm really happy that you and Roland are touching on this because, of course, Rogan gets gets the 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 name mentioned because he's got the recognition. Again, he was highly successful before, whether it's comedian or being on TV. What was it, Fear Factor for for the, all those seasons? So he had the built-in audience. Also, he's been doing it. Let's just pretend for one second that he wasn't famous. Okay, let's just pretend that he was a no name comedian who maybe had a a couple thousand YouTube subscribers. Well, he's been doing this forever and he just never stopped. And so that's the kind of mentality that you would have to have. And it's the same thing when you when you're thinking about really anything. It it goes beyond the, the, the it goes beyond being a creative, whether you're an author or a podcaster or a YouTuber or a TikToker. Uh, or a musician for that matter, you're not going to get any, a brain surgeon isn't going to be the world's best brain surgeon six months after graduating from medical school. We're talking some of these people are deep into their 40s or 50s before they win some kind of award. So this is like a lifelong thing, and you've got to really be in it for the long run if you expect any kind of ROI, which is why you know I think there should be uh, as much as I hate the word should, which is why I think there should be a ton of podcasts, but you know, not everybody should become a podcaster based on expectations. Right. And I mean, you know, there's also like for Rogan and, and a lot of other people that started when podcasting wasn't so big and there was a lot less competition. There were a lot less podcasts to listen to. Um, you know, people found that one and then people tend to stick with what they know. Um, so it was the same, you know, when Roland and I started writing romance, you know, 10 years ago, it, it wasn't anywhere near what it was now. It was way easier to to publish a book and, and be very successful at it because there, was, there wasn't as many books out there. There wasn't as much competition. Um, and so, you know, people found you, they, they bought your book and then, you know, you became successful. And with the podcast, I think it was, it's probably, you know, partially that is, you know, people that started way back then, it's uh, there was less competition. Now it's, you know, there are a lot of podcasts and that's why I keep coming back to the idea of like how you get found because there are so many podcasts and people can only listen to a certain amount in their, you know, you have a certain amount of time in the day where you can listen to podcasts. And so you can't listen to all of them. Um, So it's always a matter of, uh, you know, differentiating yourself from the others and finding your audience and, and really, you know, attracting people to your specific podcast over all the other choices they have. Absolutely. And one of the things that I neglected to mention when talking about audience growth and how do you get your podcast discovered, it's not just showing up on other people's podcast as a guest. It's also getting out. It's getting out in, in, in the public. It's having relationships with indie booksellers as indie authors. I'm an indie author myself. Um, it, it, it behooves us to 
have relationships with people who run these independent bookstores or even chain stores uh, that are very much interested. Uh, I know we've got a Barnes and Noble on the south side of Houston where they have an entire section that's titled Lo of Local Interest. So it's necessary to get out there and forge those relationships with people and and even beyond beyond uh, a bookstore, maybe a let's say you've got a, a gigantic, I don't know, a car wash. I'm in Texas and this morning on my way to go see my daughter run uh, cross country in League City, I no joke saw a warehouse sized car wash and I forget the name of the business, but it was, um, I don't know, Freddy's Car Wash and Grill. And so it's a huge restaurant and a car wash. And so maybe it's as simple as meeting the owner and forging a relationship with the owner and be like, hey, I see that you sell t-shirts and Texas merch, but did you know that I also wrote this uh, really awesome dystopian book that's based in Texas? Um, what would it take to get my book sold here? And so you could do that wherever you are. Um, it's all about finding a creative solution and thinking outside of uh, the scope of what we traditionally believe. So, yeah, I think there, there's a lot. And and I could, I know we're probably about to wrap up, but I wanted to get, um, throw the stat that I heard on the Chris, is it Chris Williamson? Chris Williams, Chris Williamson podcast. He's like a, like a Joe Rogan, but he's British and he lives in Texas also. Um, it's <laughs> 90% of podcasters never make it past episode three and of that remaining 10 percent 90 percent never make it past episode 20 and so you couple that those two stats with and there's no way to really tell exactly how many podcasts are, there are in the podcasting universe but there are upwards of four million shows okay and a range of between depending on what study you read and you can look this up this is all you can look it up on the internet between half a million to 750,000 active podcasts and that is a lot it's a big number but then you compare that with how many millions of Facebook users there are, how many millions of YouTube channels there are, how many millions of Twitter users and Instagram users. So if there's somebody who's uh, trying to build a following on YouTube or whatnot, well, you don't own that following, one. Two, you want to try something new. Maybe podcasting is for you, and it's still very early. Very, very early. Very early. I heard somebody uh, say when self-publishing started, it's, it is going to change the model from being a hundred authors who sell a million books each to a million authors who sell a hundred books each. And maybe that's the same with podcasting. Yeah, absolutely. And just to, to your point, it's, you don't have to have a huge audience. It doesn't take a Rogan size audience. I always forget the gentleman's name. Was it Kevin Rose or Kevin Kelly? Anyway, the, uh, the article is 1,000 true fans. And so if you got 1,000 true fans every year, and the premise of the article is if you get 1,000 1, true fans who you can get to buy $100 worth of your thing. And again, this is without being the smarmy salesperson, but we all have to make money to make a living. And so we have to get over that fact. 
okay you have 1000 true fans who spend $100 and you could divvy that up whether it's a book and a t-shirt a book and a coffee mug or whatever that's a that's a $100,000 maybe you want maybe you want $200,000 or maybe you can only maybe you're like cool with 50,000 you do the math but it always centers around the 1000 true fans or what Seth Godin calls your minimum viable audience so yeah really really uh, interesting yeah and I, listen, fired up it sounds like we're we're not doing too bad because now we're on uh, we're in the 80s on the number of episodes so we're uh what's that in, the, in terms of the percentage of people uh, that fail on their podcast after three or 20 episodes we're, we're doing pretty good then. we're the really stubborn ones <laughs> yeah that's right yeah and good good y'all should keep it up well I'm unfortunately Unfortunately, we are running out of time. So, I mean, this discussion has been really, really not just fascinating, but also inspirational. So, Craig, do you have any final thoughts? Uh, listen, I, I I totally think that um, there is a there is a need for you know some authors to expand their reach and do other things to get more, um, you know, to get a bigger following. And a lot of times they're not sure on how to do that. And a podcast might be the way to go for a lot of them. I think there's some good ideas um, there in terms of what they can do, you know, the the writing journey or, or talking or breaking the book into, into segmented, uh, you know, chapters or, or, or pieces. And um, so, you know, definitely I think that, this is something that authors should, you know, should really consider. Um, but, you know, before they do, they have to really look into what goes into it and, and how, you know, it's not that easy. It's not as easy as writing a book, but it's not impossible either. And, you know, there are sources like yourself that, that can definitely help. So um, I think it's been, like uh, Roland said, it's been a fascinating discussion for us, for sure, and hopefully for the listeners as well. So uh, thanks again for coming on. I really, really appreciate you all inviting me to crash your party. Well, uh, Freddie, where can people find out about Speak Podcasting and, and what you do? Going to make it really easy, baby. Speakpodcasting.com. And that's S-P-E-K-E, speakpodcasting.com. Wonderful. Well, we'll make sure to leave a link down there. While you're down there, if you're listening or watching on YouTube, make sure you leave a comment for Freddie to let uh, him know how much you appreciated what he had to say today. Also, hit that like button. If you haven't already, hit that subscribe button. And we'll be back next week with another episode of Fully Booked. So until then, thank you very much. Cheerio. 